Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of Spits and Suds, a post-game edition. Unfortunately, not a winning post-game edition as the Stars lose to the Predators 6-3. It's basically the second time in a week that they've lost to the Predators at the American Airlines Center. I'm Gavin Spittle of 105.3 The Fan. Let's talk about this, guys. Some great feedback coming from you on Twitter that we'll get to in just a few minutes, but... You know, it was just one of those nights that the legs just didn't seem there. It just, Jake Ottinger's return, and you would think that would get um, the guys fired up, and I don't think Ottinger necessarily played bad. Um, The six goals, two of which were on empty net. Um, But, you know, the biggest thing was escaping this game with a healthy Jake Ottinger, and the Stars did that. So that's good that he's on the mend. Um, but the guys just in front of them just didn't have a great game tonight. And I don't want to go too hard on this team because what I'm going to say, people will be like, well, Gavin, the stars didn't play this way. The stars didn't play this way. I think one of the things that we don't talk about enough that we do focus on in other sports is hockey also has bad matchups a team that knows how to stifle your offensive ability and score some key goals against you. And I think this year for the Dallas stars, Nashville is one of those teams and every year this happens and it doesn't matter where that team sits in the standing. Sometimes it's just a rough matchup. Let me give you some examples. The Ottawa senators who have historically been one of the worst teams in the NHL, have been a bad matchup for the Dallas Stars over the years. The Montreal Canadiens, and we saw it this year, have been a bad matchup for the Stars. Sometimes teams, based on the personnel, can just match up well against. Now, the counter is you are good against teams. Winnipeg is absolutely on fire this year, and the Dallas Stars are a bad matchup for Winnipeg. The Stars have really dominated the play against Winnipeg this year. The Stars are a good matchup against the Knights. Even though Vegas has pulled through at the end, it does seem as though the Stars know how to play them uh, pretty well and basically toe-for-toe throughout the game if they don't make um, unforced errors of of their own. So there are teams that the Stars match up against well. Minnesota, that is a bad matchup for Minnesota. Despite Minnesota injured and not a great team, we saw what the Stars did to them in the playoffs, and we saw what the Stars did to them in this regular season. So I don't want to necessarily jump all over this team because if you look at the three games, I don't think the Stars have played well in all three games. Yes, they got that miraculous two points right around Christmas time. In fact, on Christmas uh, 23rd, December 23rd. They got it in that afternoon tilt. Uh, remember, they scored those two goals in historic fashion. Absolutely unbelievable with Yanni Hockenpah scoring with just seconds left to steal two points from Nashville. But who outplayed who in that game? Clearly, Nashville was the better team. And then you come to the AAC, and Nashville jumps out to a pretty good size lead stars come roaring back and almost tie the game in the final seconds, but Nashville holds on tonight. 
Once again, same scenario. Nashville jumps out to the lead, and the Stars had to play catch up for the majority of the night. So it's one of those things where I'm looking at these games and I'm saying, you know what, Gavin? This is a bad matchup for the Dallas Stars. Nashville is physical. Nashville has terrific net front presence. And you look at two things that the Stars lack this year. And two things are the lack of physicality where they can get pushed around. That's not a knock on the players. It's just not their style. But it is interesting that, you know, one of the things that we talked about before the year that I was warning against was, excuse me, a bit under the weather, was can the stars match up with the physicality, especially late in the season and in the playoffs. That's where they struggled against Vegas, and I didn't feel as though they necessarily addressed it in the offseason, especially defensively. And Nashville does a really nice job in front of the net. Ryan O'Reilly. We talk about great players in the NHL, and you know there is that upper tier of the Nathan McKinnons, the Connor McDavid's, uh, players like that that are just on the next level. That are just like okay, there's the Hart Trophy right there to one of those guys. But then you have that tier of just consistent, really good, solid NHL guys, guys that are great in the room, guys that are leaders, and Ryan O'Reilly is one of those. I mean, we talk here in Dallas about the Matt Duchesne deal and how it was a great free agent signing. We don't really talk about the contract that Nashville gave Ryan O'Reilly, a four-year, $18 million contract in this offseason, $4.5 million a year. That's a steal for Nashville. Ryan O'Reilly's a terrific two-way player. Granted, he's a vet getting up there like Duchesne, not in his younger years, but 38 points in 42 games for Ryan O'Reilly. And he has been absolutely dominant against the Dallas Stars with a three-point performance tonight. He's been really, really good. He's fun to watch. He's got a net front presence. He's terrific on the power play. Great puck handler. Very good in the face-off circle. He's just an all-around good player. And like I said, just not talked about it in enough circles, but you know, you can go to every NHL team, like for instance, let's say the LA Kings, you know, how many people really talk about Anse Kopitar? I mean, he's got a hall of fame career. However, like when you're talking in NHL circles, you are going to mention like Nathan McKinnon or Connor McDavid or David Pasternak, um, the scorers, but you aren't necessarily talking about some guys that can put points on the board, but are very good in the face-off circle, very good defensively. Ante Kopitar, who we'll see on Tuesday, and Ryan O'Reilly are two of those players. One thing that we talked about the other night on Spits and Suds and disguised in victories against the Minnesota Wild were the penalties and two five-on-three situations in two straight games. Well, tonight, five penalties. Although Nashville only scored once, that's 10 minutes of penalties. And one of the things that happens in penalties 
is that it kills your momentum for a couple of reasons. One, you have your special teams players that have to be on the ice. Well, it's not like after they kill a penalty, they can just go back and just say, hey, let's do a regular performance. You kind of have to switch things up for a couple of minutes to give them breathers. Not to mention, they are playing the extra minutes, so they're going to be naturally tired. And as we know, a lot tougher to score when you're a man down. So those dynamics really kill any kind of momentum, and we saw that tonight. Uh, I thought the stars from the jump looked pretty good. In fact, Pete DeBoer in postgame said that. You know, he actually mentioned if I could take maybe the first 10 minutes and then stop the film right there, that would be some good tape to watch. So I did think they have a little bit jump early. However, it just kind of faded away, um, which is, you know, disappointing in itself. Um, but, you know, part of that is the unnecessary penalties. And I know some fans were disappointed by the referees. But I'm telling you, if you look at those calls tonight, now you can call them ticky-tack, but the NHL is going to call some of these penalties. When you take your stick one-handed and you tap it against the shin pad and that player stumbles or falls, that's a two-minute minor on Mason Marchment. Or when you reach up and get that stick in the glove area as the player is making their way towards the net, with the puck, that absolutely is a penalty against Tyler Sagan. I know they're not like the harshest of penalties, but you have to be better at discipline, and you have to know that in a game like this where calls were happening, I have to be better and more careful with my stick handling. So I understand fans get mad at penalties, but at the same time, you know, those happen. And the Stars scored on one of those penalties that was kind of iffy against Philip Forsberg. By the way, the Nashville uh, power play, really good tonight. Uh, I love that combination of O'Reilly, Yossi. Roman Yossi is such a terrific defenseman. Uh, and Forsberg. So the other thing I wanted to talk about before we get to your Twitter questions was something that I've seen throughout the NHL now. And I'm wondering if it's the analytics department, but I really felt with 239 left in the game, the stars down by one, four to three, just finished in the offensive zone, putting a little bit of pressure on Nashville. I personally felt as though that was an early pull that Pete DeBoer made on Jake Ottinger. And you know what? With the way they were playing tonight, I can see why Pete DeBoer made that decision because, you know, it's just one of those things where the Stars were not putting a lot of shots on net, only 22 for the game compared to 38 for Nashville. They just couldn't get in their groove as far as sustained pressure. But at the same time, I kind of liked where the Stars were at that point, and I'd like to keep Ottinger in net. They pull him. Ryan O'Reilly pulls the face off back. Yossi with a risky pass, but straight up the uh, middle and Nyquist with an easy empty netter. And that was pretty much the game that became 5-3. So if I had to do it over again, if I was Pete DeBoer, I'm sure he would. He'd keep Ottinger in net. 
I kind of understand it, but I thought it was an early pull. I'm just personally not a fan of the early pull. I like the old school of pulling with like a minute, minute 25. I know that analytics says that it gives you a greater chance. And like I said, trying to probably, you know, create some more offensive uh, zone time and uh, some offensive zone energy, something they lack throughout the night. Uh, but at the same time, you know, it kind of, you know, cost you in that case. Sometimes it will, like in Nashville, pay dividends. So let's get to your Twitter questions. You guys had some really, really good ones tonight. And I always appreciate all the feedback. It makes these post games so much fun. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's go to Jordan H at Harper hockey fan. Uh, he says, uh, uh, Robert Tiffin, uh, one of the Spits and Suds regulars tweets out, not a great night for Jamie Ben. I agree with Robert of D Magazine. It was not a great night. Uh, Jordan says, at GJ Spittle, hopefully Robert Tiffin can get back on the podcast soon. Anytime Robert Tiffin wants to come on this podcast, you guys know he's welcome. He's been terrific. And by the way, David Castillo making his return also from D Magazine. He'll be on Tuesday night following the Kings game. So excited to uh, talk to David. Both David and Robert and Sean, all working for D Magazine, do a uh, terrific job. Love having the rotation on the post game when those guys uh, can join us. So I absolutely agree with you there. Uh, Rudy at cuz Rudy really tough loss tonight. Gavin really feel like we're back to being inconsistent after we had put together some really good games. Just can't put a finger on why we're always going down and having to claw our way back. Doesn't feel like a sustainable way to go deep in the playoffs. Well, I would just say this. Um, you are in the playoff race. You are in the third spot right now and up the middle a great goalie, a premium defenseman, and a premium center are the keys to a great NHL team. Two of those have been taken away in Jake Ottinger and Miro Heiskanen. So the fact that the Stars held on and they're still in playoff contention, while I would like to see them play with more energy, I would like to see them play with more physicality. I do keep that in mind. And I think, Rudy, that's a that's a good point that without Haskinen, they really are down defensively. I mean, they weren't the best team defensively, and he was your best defenseman. He was a minutes eater. And remember, when you have that minutes eater, that number one defense, uh, defensive defenseman, everyone else like tears down. So basically now instead of scratching a Nils Lundqvist or scratching a Joel Hanley, those guys are getting regular minutes now. So, you know, stars definitely need some uh, help defensively. I think once Ottinger gets up to speed, uh, that's certainly going to, you know, help a lot. And uh, he made some really good saves tonight. There was one tip. I don't know if he saw it or not, but basically, you know, went against the grain and he kind of caught it and deflected off, uh, you know, his right, kind of underneath his shoulder. That was a really, really good save. That was a very tough save late in the game that kind of kept them in the game. So um, I do agree with you as far as the inconsistency. I think part of it's injury. I think the other part is it's tough to main consistency when you constantly go in the penalty box. They don't draw enough penalties 
and they go in the box too much. And you just can't develop that consistency. The other thing I'll say that you've heard me say several times on this podcast, their one dimension is one of the best dimensions in the NHL as far as speed and as far as scoring ability. And I tweeted earlier in the night when Nashville was down a man and they had a shorthanded breakaway. I think it was Nyquist that he was denied. You saw the stars go on the break with the numbers, got into the offensive zone clean on the power play. They immediately scored with Matt Duchesne. That's stars hockey, open ice play where they can truly show their skill set. Nashville did a great job of clogging that. And I say one dimensional in that how many times this season have you seen the stars come out and exert their physicality on a team? I'm not going to pause too long because I don't think you guys can think of many games. Part two, how many times have you seen the stars defensively shut down a team completely like Vegas can? And because of the injury of Jake Ottinger, while we have seen some great games by the goalie, we really haven't seen the stars goalies like steel games this year. They've been really good, but steel games. Think about it. A theft in net where goalies like he's unstoppable tonight. So I call that one dimensional and that one dimension is really, really good, but I would love to see them multidimensional in that if one part of your game's not working, that you get the legs from a hard hit. You get the legs from winning in the boards, drawing penalties. You get the crowd into it. I know it seems old school, but you know what? That works in hockey. Sam Green at Spaniel Green. Missing Miro. Seems to be some weird coaching decisions today. The only two right-handed defensemen uh, during the four-on-four. Four. Right-handed defensemen, by the way, for the Stars, Nils Lundqvist and Yanni Hockenpah. Then the early pull of Otter when we were doing decent with offensive pressure. Just a few confusing moves to me, but I am not the professional. Any validation here? Yes, Sam Green. There is some validation. Um, I agree with you. I thought it was an early pull, and I did feel a little bit of momentum uh, forming, and I felt as though the Stars had the opportunity uh, to tie the game at that point. So I agree with you. I do think it was an early pull. Uh, Aaron Thacker at Thackman05, always a great Spits and Suds listener, as is Samuel and Rudy and all of you. I know it's the first game back, but it seems to me that Otter has been less consistent this season. Is it him? or the defense in front, or a combination of both? My second question is, why is this team so inconsistent? Well, hopefully I answered the second part of that question through Rudy, uh, Aaron, and if I didn't, hit me back. But yes, not the greatest season. It is kind of interesting that Jake Ottinger is going to the All-Star game, because I think if you put last year's Jake Ottinger to this year's Jake Ottinger, um, you know, the reality is, is that this year's Jake Ottinger has been a little inconsistent. Now, the question is, is how much did that injury affect Jake Ottinger before he actually went down? And how healthy is Jake Ottinger a bet? He said after the game tonight, it has felt like he's been out for a whole season. So it is going to take some time for Jake to get back that rhythm um, and, you know, one of the things was there weren't many shots in the first period. It was kind of like a neutral zone clog for both teams. 
um, and not like high scoring chances. So therefore it wasn't like Jake was tested early tonight. So um, let's see. Uh, but yeah, I, I think a, a elite Jake Ottinger, which we know he can be certainly um, will help this team uh, considerably, Aaron. All right. Uh, sports by K Twiz all day. Uh, I do have a question, Gavin. It seems the Stars have had trouble playing defense in front of their goalie. I see lots of gaps in shooting lanes where the opponent gets free reign. Do you see that as well, and is it becoming an issue? Yes, I do see it, and yes, I feel as though it's been an issue um, all season. So gone are the days where you can Craig Ludwig this person out of the box as far as offensively. But there are ways to slightly exert your physical play, especially if you're a bigger defenseman. The stars are not the biggest uh, as far as size-wise um, in the defensive zone. They're more of a skill set as far as defensively. And I think when Ryan O'Reilly is a perfect example tonight, allowed to skate through the crease and uh, tap in a rebound after a really nice Jake Ottinger save. That shouldn't happen. That is a missed assignment. That's not being able to stay in front of your man. And what I mean by that is the positioning of the defenseman should have been uh, right in front of Jake Ottinger to cut O'Reilly off from that rebound. Instead, O'Reilly had the inside track and really wasn't touched through the crease. I know this is not 1980 and you can't two-handed slash people out of the way, but there are ways that you can use your physicality to kind of push them uh, more outside of the crease area. Um, I mean, look at Joe Pavelski, and he's not a big guy, but he gets in front of the net. But most of the time you see Pavelski, he's not necessarily that tight to the crease. Those tips are happening about five feet out from the crease. So there are ways to kind of push the opposition out. And I do agree with you. The Stars have had a really tough time tying people up in front of the Stars goaltenders. Uh, let's see. Uh, Jordan, uh, once again, asked, great seeing the coaching staff tonight pulling number 14, Jamie Ben off power play one, no jump and battle in his game tonight. Yeah. Tough night for the captain. Um, just not there tonight. Um, he's going to have those nights, uh, occasionally. Uh, I thought Wyatt Johnston was good. Actually, I thought Evgeny Dodonov had really good legs tonight. Some nice offensive moves, almost scored a couple of times, was really good in the corners. So uh, just a tough night for the uh, captain. Uh, let's see. And uh, I think uh, that does it for your questions. So excellent questions, everybody. And, uh, you know, really, really great job. And uh, we'll continue doing these podcasts. Um Appreciate everyone. Sorry if you can hear me that I'm a little under the weather, but this podcast must continue. <laughs> so if you don't hear me tonight after uh, tomorrow night after Chicago, that is actually why your host is a little under the weather. However, um, the Stars lose tonight 6-3 to three against Nashville. Uh, if we look at the standings, uh, the Stars actually slowly falling from the Winnipeg Jets, uh, who continue their winning ways. They are now seven points behind Winnipeg for first place in the Central. They are four points back of Colorado for second place. If you're thinking, okay, where is fourth place? 
uh, as far as for the Central, that's actually Nashville. They're five points back um, of Dallas for that third spot in the Central Division. And then as we look at uh, wild card, that is Nashville number one, Edmonton number two at 45 points. So as far as playoffs, and it's still early, we're actually at the halfway point of the season. Stars just played game number 41. Uh, they are uh, quick, bad math, eight points um, as far as uh, missing the playoffs. So they're eight points up in that category. So that's going to do it for us tonight. I did want to say one thing, and I appreciate all your love. I appreciate all your support, especially thanks to those that listen on these podcasts when I'm solo. It means a lot to me. And I appreciate you sticking with us on Spits and Suds. So a lot of your podcast platforms will have comment sections where you can give us a uh, hopefully a five-star review. If you guys can just take that extra step and say why you like Spits and Suds, there's a thing called search engine optimization. Too difficult to explain everything, but that basically tells the podcast that uh, the podcast platform, not only are they listening, they're enjoying it. And it really helps us as far as future downloads. So if you get a chance and you can comment and say nice things, um, let's let's go with if you have nothing to say, don't say anything. <laughs> Just hit me up on Twitter on that. Um, but uh, thank you so much if you can leave a comment as far as why you like Spits and Suds. The reality is we want to keep giving you these programs uh, we want to have an outlet for your stars talk. We want to have the experts like Craig Ludwig, like Sean Shapiro, like Robert Tiffin, like David Castillo, like the guests we have on. We want to just keep giving you more and more as far as hockey talk in DFW. So thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great night. Really appreciate your support of Spits and Suds.